So here we are, message number nine in our series that we've entitled Vital Signs. Vital Signs. We're looking at the spiritual indicators that show we have eternal life. That's kind of an important thing. How do I know I'm going to heaven? How do I know I have eternal life? The book of 1 John answers that question. The key verse, 1 John 5.13, it's on your outlines. John says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. In other words, he's writing to believers. Why? So that you may know you have eternal life. How do you know you have eternal life? You know you have eternal life when the spiritual indicators of life show up. How do you know you have physical life? Well, you feel your pulse. How do you know you have spiritual life? Well, the indicators that show you have spiritual life that only those who possess eternal life have show up. What are those? So far, we've studied eight indicators of spiritual life. Fellowship. All Christians experience fellowship with God and other believers. Walking in the light versus walking in the darkness. Christ-likeness. All Christians resemble Jesus to a degree. Spiritual growth. All Christians grow spiritually. It's a vital sign that shows you have spiritual life. Loving not the world. Christians possess an anti-love for the evil system of this world. The Holy Spirit's anointing. All Christians experience the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. If you're not a Christian, you don't experience the Holy Spirit. But if you are a Christian, it's a vital sign. The Holy Spirit is alive in your life. A purifying hope. All Christians possess a hope that purifies their lives as they move forward. Doing what is right. All Christians grow into doing more of what is right and less and less of doing what is wrong. That's an indicator of spiritual life. And this morning, vital sign number nine, and it's loving like Jesus. Can you repeat that after me? Loving like Jesus. Wow. How do you know you possess eternal life? You'll find yourself loving more like Jesus as time goes on. There's no such thing as a Christian who demonstrates zero percentage of the love of Jesus in their life and through their life. Jesus said in John 13, 35, it's on your notes, by this, all men you will know you're my disciples if you what? What does it say? Love one another. At salvation, we receive as part of the gift of eternal life. When we believe, we receive eternal life. Part of the package of eternal life that comes into your life spiritually is the love of God. It's poured into your soul, into your being, God's love. So I thought, how could I demonstrate this for you? There in uh, your notes, Romans 5.5 says, let's read it out loud, Romans 5.5. There in your notes, starting with God has poured. Can we read it out loud? God has poured out. Are we, are we on the same page here? This is the Word of God. Let's read God's Word. It's in your notes. Ready here? Romans 5.5. 5. It's not. Well, it is. All right. If it's in your notes, okay, you're spiritually alive. I don't know. No, I'm just joking. If you can find it, let's read it out loud. God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. See, one of the ways you know you're a Christian is God has poured out his love into your heart. Let me ask you a question. Has that been your experience? And so how can I 
this is you. This is God. God pours his love into your life at salvation, and all of a sudden, you're no longer who you used to be. You, know how the, you now have the love of God filling your soul, filling your being. That's the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian. A Christian has the love of God that's filled their lives. So living, loving like Jesus loved, it, it's not natural, it's supernatural. And it's like you have supernatural love in your life which allows you to pour that out on others. And this is an indicator of spiritual life that you have eternal life because of this type of love. Let's read about it. 1 John chapter 3, verses 11 to 24. This is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but in actions and in truth. This, then, is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Wherever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And we receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Now, that's an amazing scripture. What I want us to do this morning is look at four reasons why. Four reasons why Christians love like Jesus. And these four reasons, if you're a Christian, if you have spiritual life in you, if you have the, you're alive spiritually, these four reasons are going to be true of your life. You're going to go, yeah, I love because of those four reasons. You're right. I love like Jesus, others, because of those four reasons. And if you, you, you're like, yep, this, this makes sense, and I live this out, guess what? That is an evidence that you are spiritually alive. But if as we go through this, you're going, man, this isn't me. You have to question, am I truly alive spiritually? Number one, we love like Jesus because it is the core message of Christianity. I mean, what is the core message of Christianity? When you bottle it down, what is it all about? Love one another. Look at verse 11. This is the message. You heard from the beginning. The beginning when Jesus came to this earth. And even prior to that, but especially, John has in mind the beginning when Christ came here in the flesh and the message of Jesus, we should love one another. I mean, if there's one message that characterizes Christianity and Christians, it's loving other people. It's the badge of Christianity. I mean, it is Christianity in its core essence, loving others. It's the most basic elementary trait that shows we're Christians. 
Loving others is evidence of family resemblance. You know, now it's an interesting thing. When you're a part of a family, there's certain things that indicate you're part of that family. Maybe it's the size of your nose. Maybe it's the color of your hair. Maybe it's the accent that you talk with. Oh, they belong to that family. How do you know someone belongs to the family of God? They love like Jesus loved. It's not rocket science. You know you're a Christian because you're a little Christ like Jesus and you love like he loved. It's as simple as that. That is the irreducible minimum of what it means to live like a Christian. Jesus said, a a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, this love, all men will know you're my disciples. All people will know you're part of my family, in other words, if you love. Uh, We know someone is a basketball player if they can dribble a ball. We know someone's a baseball player if they can, you know, throw a ball. We know someone's a golfer if they can swing a club or if they can swear, okay? I mean, these are some of the most basic core elementary behaviors to each of those sports. You're a baseball player because you can swing, you know, a bat. You may not be able to pray like Jesus prayed or lead like Jesus led or preach like Jesus preached, but if you can't love like Jesus loved, are you saved? I mean, if, if... At salvation, the love of God is poured into your heart, and you're not loving at all like Jesus loved, just naturally, which is supernaturally. Are you saved? You have to ask yourself that question. Because probably the first evidence that shows you're saved is you begin to love people differently than you did when you weren't saved. Wow. Loving like Jesus, it's this bare, irreducible minimum where it all begins. It's the basis of what takes place in our life, the basic behavior that begins to flow because Jesus is in our life and his love has been poured out in our hearts. So why do Christians love like Jesus? It's the core message of Christianity. Now, I'd like you to talk at your tables. You know, when you begin loving like Jesus, what does that look like? And would you talk about that in your own life? What does loving like Jesus look like? When you became a Christian, what did it start looking like in your life? As Jesus' love was poured out to you and you started pouring out to others, how did it look? Talk about that. Take a moment, talk about that. All right, we're looking at four reasons. Four reasons why Christians, they love like Jesus. Number one is because it's the core message of Christianity Second, we love like Jesus because we've been given a new loving nature. I mean, do we love like Jesus because we're, we're born such nice, wonderful people? No, we're not born that way. We're born sinners. The Bible says this in Psalm 51.5, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Have you, have you taken care of a baby lately? Are they loving and caring and concerned about you? No, they're selfish and sinful and just, they are. They're the most depraved things on the planet. And that's us in our nature. No, to love like Jesus, to pour out your love on others. And let's bring one more up here. This is that person that's so unlovable 
I mean, you don't, you got, you got to have Jesus' love in you to love that person that's so unlovable. You, can, you don't do that from your own nature. Your own nature is selfish and spiteful. As a matter of fact, look, look if you would there at, at 1 John 4, 19. We'll get to this in a couple weeks. But it says, we love because what? He what? First loved us. Yeah. I only love like Christ because of Jesus. Him reaching out and touching me with his love. And then again, Romans 5, 5. God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. Now, I want you to notice the warning that John gives us here in verse 12. He says, do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. Now, he literally murdered his brother. That's not too loving, right? Some of us have sibling rivalry, but maybe it's never gone to murdering your brother, but that was Cain. Remember Cain and Abel. Cain brought to God an unfavorable sacrifice. Abel brought the right sacrifice, and Cain ultimately killed his brother. Wow. Why? Why did that happen? Verse 12, do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. Did you get that? The reason why Cain murdered Abel is he belonged to the evil one. His nature was evil. And then furthermore, and why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. You see, Cain's nature belonged to the evil one. And he uh, fully lived out his evil nature murdering his brother, which is the ultimate act of hate, completely giving evidence there was no love there. The Bible presents Cain outwardly as a worshiper of God, but inwardly he was a child of the devil, which led to his unloving, hateful, and murderous action. We love because we've been given a new loving nature, People who hate and where it even leads into murder, why does that happen? And we see it in our culture all the time. Why? Because their nature has not been transformed. They have an evil nature. And the ultimate manifestation of evil is murder. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now notice what John says to us in light of Cain's lack of love toward Abel. Look at verse 13. Look what he, look what, do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. I mean, what, what a statement. Why shouldn't we be surprised by so much hatred toward Christians? I mean, Cain murders Abel. Abel's really the first martyr in the Bible, so to speak. Why is there so much martyrdom of Christians today? The Bible says don't be surprised by this. Why shouldn't we be, be surprised when fanatics like Al-Shabaab kill, massacre 148 Christians in Kenya. Uh, 160,000 Christians every year are martyred for their faith. That's one every five minutes of your brothers and sisters are killed for their faith around the world. Why? There are billions of people who are not Christians, who are Cain's, who do not have an, un, uh, who have an unregenerate heart. They don't have the love of God in their lives. And you have to remember, Satan fills their lives. Satan can't get to Jesus, and non-Christians can't get to Jesus anymore. What did the unbelieving world do to Jesus? They nailed him to a cross. And, and so right now, they go after those who represent Jesus, Christians. They go after those who share the love of Jesus freely, Christians. And the Bible says, don't be surprised 
Martyrdom's only going to grow. Read the book of Revelation. It's going to increase this kind of evil. Don't be surprised that this is going to happen. Why? Because our world is filled with people who are influenced by the enemy, by the evil one. Wow. But for us, unlike the canes of this world, we love like Jesus because we've been given a new nature. Verse 14, we know that we have passed from death to life. In other words, we know we've passed from spiritual death into spiritual life. In other words, we know we're Christians because what? We love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. In other words, if you're not loving people, you're spiritually dead. That's what John is saying. The whole point of this whole book is to give us evidence that we have spiritual life. And the way you know I have spiritual life is you're loving other people. And you're loving Christians as well as non-Christians. It's the character of your life. You've been transformed. The, the evidence that you're no longer spiritually dead is that you're not hating people anymore. You, you love people. And it comes from within. Wow. Then John, he points out a, a stark contrast in verse 15, he says, anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. In God's eyes, the only difference between hate and murder is the act itself. John's point is this, a lack of love, someone who's dominated by hate, indicates that that person is spiritually dead. And if, you, if you just hate people and you want to murder people, uh, that that shows your, there's spiritual death in your life. You may think you're a Christian, but you're not a Christian. That's what the Bible says. Read it. Uh, some of us, we just need to think about our lives and the miracle that God's done in our lives. I mean, if you're a, mir- if you're a Christian, a miracle's taking place. You're no longer a child of the devil. You're no longer dominated by these murderous, hateful thoughts that maybe at one point dominated your life. If anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. You know, and for some of us, we became Christians at such an early age, you know, as a young person, that that you don't have history like I do. See, for 20 years of my life, I was dominated by the evil one. For 20 years of my life, I did not live as a Christian and so I know what it's like to have the enemy own my soul. Some of you can relate. You understand. You have history. See, I read verse, you know, 14 there. You know, we know, or, or verse 11, do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one. I used to belong to the evil one. I used to hate people. Wanted to murder people. Yeah, isn't that great? Aren't you glad I'm a pastor now? God is trans, trans. I'm so thankful, Jesus, you've transformed my life. And now, honestly, I have love for people. Where does that come from? Jesus. I'm spiritually alive now. I'm not a cane anymore. Hmm. You know, uh, stories told about a turtle and uh, a scorpion. And they come to this uh, river, and the, the, the scorpion wants to get to the other side, and the scorpion's like, Mr. Turtle, can you give me a ride to the other side? And the turtle says, no way, I'm not going to do that, because you get on my back, you'll sting me in the neck. And the scorpion says, no, 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 I won't do that, I promise. 
He goes, okay, so allows the scorpion to climb on his back and starts going across the river and gets about three-quarters of the way, and all of a sudden the stinging feels it in his neck, and as they make it to the other side, the, the, the turtle's just laboring, breathing, dying. He says, why, why? And the scorpion, he says, I'm sorry, but it's just my nature. My nature is to hate, to kill, to destroy. That's an unregenerate person that has not the love of God, and they don't have eternal life. Some of us remember vividly what it was like. The whole point, which I'm trying to make right now, why do we love like Jesus loved? Our nature's been transformed. We have the love of God in our lives. We have a new nature. Wow. Let's talk about that. Can you share how becoming a Christian transformed your Cain nature into a loving nature and you started to love like Jesus loved? Talk about that. Go for it. All right, we're talking about four reasons, four reasons why Christians love like Jesus. It's the core message of Christianity. We've been given a new nature. This is what John is teaching us. Third reason why Christians love like Jesus, we love like Jesus because of Jesus' loving example. I mean, why do we love like Jesus? Because Jesus' example is so powerful and compelling. Look, if you would, at verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Wow. I mean, the ultimate moment that just hits you between the eyes as a Christian is when, do you remember that first time you realized as a Christian that Jesus loved me so much, he died for me, me, that he shed his blood for me, that if I was the only person on planet Earth, he would have come and died for me. When that hits you, it's life-changing. If you're not a Christian, it'll never hit you. Never. But if you're a Christian, there comes a point after your salvation. Now, it comes before your salvation, at the moment of your salvation, but then there's a moment of deep sanctification when you just got, it's like, whoa, Jesus died for me. He shed his blood for me. And you know what that does? It transforms your life the natural response is, I want to love him back with the love he's shown me. That's what the Bible teaches. Look if you would. Verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. The natural response, when you get it, is we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. You want to love like Jesus loved. So let me give you three ways believers love like Jesus in following his example. Number one, we lay down our lives for others. That's what verse 16 says. And you know, Christians have done this throughout the centuries. I just share with you a little bit ago, 160,000 a year, one every five minutes, lays down their life as a martyr, literally. Can you imagine giving your life up for someone else? That's what every Christian does who's martyred for their faith. You know, all the apostles, except for John, were martyred for their faith. They gave their life up for others. Christians do that. That's how they love, like Jesus as a matter of fact, the Bible says, greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends. Jesus said that. Would I lay my life down for Jesus? Yeah. Would I lay my life down for anyone in my family? Yeah. Would I lay my life down for you? You're my family. I think I would. I, I do. I say that honestly. 
Where does that kind of love come from? When I'm on missions trips, would I lay my life down for that team I'm with to protect them? Sure. That love doesn't come from me. It comes from God who's poured out his love into me. If you're a Christian, you have God's love poured out into you, and guess what? It's just going to ripple itself. It's going to show itself because you're going to love like Jesus. Where if it were necessary, you would lay your life down for someone else. That's evidence you're saved. The world knows nothing about that kind of love. Christians have modeled that kind of love forever. In the, it, right now, turn on the news. Every day, dozens of Christians, they lay their life down for Jesus. That comes from God. Now, the likelihood is that you'll never be asked to lay your life down for another. So there are other ways to show the love of Jesus as well. Number two, we lay down our material possessions for others in need. Verse 17, if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need or sister and has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? See, the love of God is in someone. I'm not just talking about love. The love of God is a different kind of love. That's a Christian who has the love of God in their life. And they, they, a Christian goes around through life and their heart is moved. There's, there's compassion on those that are struggling and without. And, and I can just tell you story upon story after story of believers laying down material possessions for those in need. I see it all the time as a pastor. Cash given to someone in need, a meal given to someone in need, a room, lodging given to someone in need, a car given to someone in need, a ring given to someone in need. Um, there's a pastor in Thailand that, that I visited, I don't know, five or six times, and I love this man. His name is Bao Ji. He's just a godly man. And one of the last times I visited him, I asked him, I said, Bao Ji, what do you want me to bring to you from the United States next, I got, next time I come? And he said, bring me some soccer jerseys because he loves playing soccer. So when I bought him four very nice soccer jerseys, and the last t- day of our meetings, um, I, I thought I'd present these to him in front of his whole church. And I said, Baoji, and I showed him these jerseys, and I said, would you come on up here? And, and I just presented them to him, and, and he was so grateful, just beaming with joy, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's so cool. And then, then I had a seat, and he, he said, um, he started picking up people. He goes, so-and-so, you've walked all, can you come up here? And they, these are all non-Christians. He calls one after another, come up, and he gives my jerseys away. <laughs> His heart was to give. He gave three out of the four. He kept one for himself, which I'm like, please keep one, you know? <laughs> but I'm like, what kind of, where does that kind of love come from that just wants to give, 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 and bless? That's Jesus' love. That's showing you have eternal life. Are you seeing that kind of thing naturally come out of you. See, that's how Jesus lived his life. He gave his life a ransom. He gave his life away. Wow. And that's, that should show up in our lives to a degree. Now, not perfectly like Christ, but if there should be a pattern in our lives of giving that shows, that gives evidence we have spiritual life, eternal life. Thirdly, we lay down our, our, our love in action, not just in words. I mean, saying I love you is not really love unless it's backed up with deeds, right? Verse 18, you know, says this. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. 
To love in truth is to, means to truly love with actions. And probably no scripture better describes the actions of love than 1 Corinthians 13. I'll just read it for you. This, this is love. You know you're around someone who's saved, who's truly born again, who has spiritual life, when you see this in their life. Love is patient. You see someone show you patience? That's love. It's kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. You find someone that keeps no record of wrongs when you've wronged them, they love you. And that's the love of God. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. That kind of love never fails. I see this all the time in this crowd right here. I see a loving wife have so much patience for him when really he's undeserving of that patience. That's love. That, 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 that woman, she has spiritual life. That's the love of Jesus. I, uh, I see a believing husband not be self-seeking. He's serving his family, serving his wife. Not about him, it's about her. That's spiritual life. I see a believing parent not be easily angered. Their kids are just pushing them, not easily angered. That's love. That's God's love. I see a believing friend keep no record of wrongs when they've been wronged, but God's love poured out in them, then they are keeping no record of wrong, pouring it out to their friend. That's the love of God in their lives that gives evidence they are saved. I see a a believing employee not being rude to customers that are showing so much rudeness to them. I see a believing neighbor always protecting their neighbor when they're away on vacation. These are all actions that show that you have the love of God in your life. Why do we love like Jesus? Because Jesus' example moves us. It It just breaks our heart. We're so motivated by the fact that Jesus would die for us, and so we die for others. We give our material possessions up for others. We we show love and action for others like Jesus showed love for us. That's why we love. Talk about that. How are you finding yourself loving others in these ways, following Jesus' example? Talk about that. Okay. We're looking at four reasons why Christians love like Jesus. It's an evidence that we have eternal life. It's a vital sign, loving like Jesus loved. Why is this the case in a Christian's life? It's the core message of Christianity. We have a new nature. Uh, Thirdly, because of Jesus' loving example. And the fourth reason why we love like Jesus loved is we love like Jesus because of the benefits we receive. Now, at first glance, this may sound a little self-pleasing kind of or serving, but this is what the Bible teaches. I mean, let's be honest. There are some amazing benefits that come to our lives as we learn to love the way Jesus loved. So let me give you, John actually gives us four benefits that come to you and me when we love the way Jesus loved. And this just kind of motivates us to love all the more like Jesus loved because as we do so, these benefits come to our lives. Number one, your heart will not condemn you. Now look at verses 19 to 21. I have to explain this. 
These verses have confused a lot of people. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth. In other words, this is how we know we're Christians. We belong to the truth. And how we set our hearts at rest, our hearts, a believer's heart, at rest in His presence. The presence is of God, in God's presence. Verse 20. Whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts, and He knows everything. Verse 21. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Now, what's going on? What's going on here? There will be times your heart will condemn you as a Christian. Times your heart will tell you, you don't belong to Jesus. You aren't saved. And John is saying, when you love like Jesus loved, you can rebuke your lying heart. That's a lie. I love like Jesus loved, not perfectly, but there's a pattern of love in my life that gives evidence I belong to Jesus. See, John's point is this. The more you love like Jesus loved, the less and less your heart will seek to condemn you of not being a Christian because your life of love gives evidence to your heart that you are saved. Does that make sense? So the principle is this. Love lived out in my life banishes self-condemnation. That's how you banish self-condemnation. Because you look at your life and you're like, well, of course, look at my life. The love of Jesus is just leaking out everywhere. That gives evidence and it banishes a heart that would seek to condemn. Now, the positive way of saying that same truth is the second benefit that comes from loving the way Jesus loved. I mean, the first point, your heart will not condemn you, that's a negative statement. A positive way of saying that would be number two, you will have confidence before God as you love like Jesus loved. Look at verse 21. It says this, dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us because we're loving like Jesus loved, given evidence we're saved, we have confidence before God. I mean, how wonderful to have confidence before God that you belong to God. Why can you say you have such confidence? Because you give evidence of belonging to God because of your love for other people. You're loving the way Jesus loves, showing that you're no longer a Cain with an evil nature only, but you have the love of God, his nature in your life, and you're giving evidence of that by loving other people. When we practice loving like Jesus, manifesting Loving our deeds and actions, this gives evidence that we're born again, and this translates into confidence before God. Wow. One commentator said this, the fruit of love is confidence. The fruit of love. When love's there, the fruit, it'll bear confidence. Confidence before God that you belong to God. Wow. Third benefit that comes from loving the way Jesus loved, you'll experience answered prayer. Wow. Look at verse 21 and 22. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey what he commands and do what pleases him. What does he command? What pleases him? When we love others. In other words, when we love like Jesus loved, we're obeying his commands and doing what pleases God. And this type of pattern in our life has an amazing impact on our spiritual life especially our prayer life. Loving like Jesus loved 
and answered prayer go together. There are two sides of the same coin. You got a coin, one side is love others, as Jesus loved others. The other side of the coin is a powerful prayer life. Those two go together. I mean, look at it this way, maybe the opposite. If, if we are not loving our spouse like Jesus loved people, do we think we're going to have anything of an effective prayer life? No. I mean, if we're, if we're hating people like Cain, do we think our prayer life is going to move mountains? No way. But the flip side is also true. If we're in difficult situations where it's hard to love people, but we choose to love people because that's what Jesus did, no matter who they were, even his enemies, he loved them. And as we love like Jesus loved, guess what? Your prayer life is going to be powerful because that kind of love is going to free up your spirit and you're going to have a oneness with God and the prayer life in your life is going to be powerful. Wow. A huge benefit of loving others like Jesus loved others, it will greatly impact your prayer life. But I'll tell you one thing. You, you start hating people, you start mistreating people, your prayer life, <laughs> it's going to be non-existent, not even happening. Mm. These are some of the benefits that come from loving like Jesus loved. Four, you'll experience the Holy Spirit's affirmation. Look, if you would, at verse 24. Those who obey his commands... Live in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. The point here is this. As you and I continue to love others the way Jesus loved others, the Holy Spirit who dwells within us will continually bring assurance, confidence, certainty to our hearts that we belong to Jesus. That's what is being stated here. Why do we love like Jesus? because of the spiritual benefits we receive when we do so. And this just encourages the average Christian to want to love Jesus all the more, love people like Jesus all the more. Your heart will not condemn you. You'll have confidence before God that I belong to God because I look at my love life, my loving, and it's like Jesus' love. Wow. You will experience answered prayer, and you will experience the Holy Spirit's affirmation that you, in fact, are God's child. So talk about that. How have you experienced these benefits that come when we love like Jesus loved. Talk about that for a moment. Okay, this morning we've looked at the ninth vital sign that shows we have eternal life. And it's just this. So let me just ask you the question. I do this because I love you. Is loving like Jesus characterizing your life? Not perfectly, but do you see a pattern in your life of loving like Christ that emerges, that gives evidence, that shows we are spiritually alive? Again, I have to share with you, there's no such thing as a Christian who doesn't love like Jesus. And you have to ask yourself a serious question. If you aren't loving like Jesus, you know, if you have not experienced his love poured out into your life and you're loving others from that love, then I'm not judging you, but you need to judge yourself. Because the last thing you want to do is think you're saved and you're not. You don't have spirit. The vital sign is not like bouncing off the chart that I'm a Christian. Hmm. So, you know, the Bible says this, examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? So, the test is this. 
do I love like Jesus loved? Not perfectly. We all fall short. But is there a pattern that gives evidence that I'm saved? And John gave us four reasons why Christians love like Jesus loved. It's the core message of Christianity. Basketball player dribbles a ball. A Christian loves like Jesus loved. It's basic. Just basic. We love like Jesus because we've been given a new nature. I mean, his love is poured into our lives, and out of this nature, we just love others. We love our husband. We love our wife. We love our children. We love our neighbor. It's just natural. It's supernatural, but it's what happens when you have spiritual life within you. We love like Jesus because his example just floors us. As a Christian, we look to the cross, and we're so humbled that Jesus would die for us, and we just want to die for others the way he died for us because we love Jesus so much. So we, we serve others and we love others and we care for... That, that's just what happens when you're saved, when Jesus is here. And we love others because of incredible benefits are given when we do so. It gives us confidence before God that we belong to Him and the Holy Spirit assures our hearts that we belong to Him and, and our prayer life just grows as we love like he loved. So remember the purpose of 1 John. I write these things to you, believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know you have eternal life. This is the whole purpose why the book was given, so we can know this is one more evidence. If you're a Christian, you should be saying right now, wow, this is awesome. This is one more evidence I have now that I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, I have a spiritual, eternal life in my life. Wow, I can, the chart is ringing off the, I, yep. And you're You're excited. So if loving others like Jesus loved others, if that characterizes your life, you can know for sure you have eternal life. And if loving others like Jesus loved others is not in your life, guess what? What a great day this is. You can just simply admit, you know what, God, this isn't happening in my life. I'm in need of you, Jesus. I want to ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Come into my life. Give me everlasting life. Do a miracle in my life. Pour my, your love into my life so I can start loving others. You know, my day off is on Thursdays. Some of you know I like to golf. And oftentimes I golf with people that don't know Jesus because I have four hours to share with them. <laughs> There's a guy I've been golfing with for five years. His name is Henry. Some of you have heard me talk about Henry before. And we were at the 16th hole, and I was praying for the last five years. On the 16th hole, we had a little break. It was just Henry and I. And he has Parkinson's. He's a little bit older of a gentleman. And so he had to kind of skip the 14th and 15th hole, and we got ahead of the group behind us. And I just was there. We were there on the fairway after I'd hit my drive. And we were just kind of, it was beautiful. It was Monarch Bay, looking out at the bay. I just said, Henry, I go, I continue to pray for you. And I know you know I love you. And I know you know God loves you, Henry. But, you know, I just want to encourage you. I believe this is the moment for you to exercise, put the faith you do have in Jesus for your salvation. And he's like, you know, Mark, I'm just not ready for that. I go, Henry, I know you. You're ready. You're ready. Look at this setting. You just take the faith you have. It's the size of a mustard seed. It's not the amount of faith. It's who your faith is in. You take that faith 
and you put it in Jesus for your salvation, for everlasting life. And Henry looked at me and he goes, let's do it. Yeah. And so right there in that moment, you know, I, I led him, I had the honor of leading him in a prayer of salvation. And Henry prayed after me to God that prayer, dear Jesus, I am a sinner. I'm in need of you as a savior. And the little faith I have, I put in you. I believe that you died for my sins and rose from the grave. And right now, the best I know how, I give you my life. I ask you to change my life. And he said those words with so much sincerity. And then we said amen. And then we hugged. And then I took a selfie of him and me. I should have brought it. I wasn't planning on telling you this story. But you know what he said to me afterwards? He goes, I feel good. Because the love of God is poured into his hearts. He's no longer a cane. Is that you? Has the Lord brought you here today because he wants you to feel good? Are you watching on video because God loves you so much? He wants to give you everlasting life and remove your sins and give you a new nature so you can begin loving others with the love that he gives you. Knowing Jesus is amazing. It's a miracle. It's life everlasting. Let's pray.